Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Weight was something that I struggled with in my youth uh, up until high school. And the thing about being overweight, especially as a kid, is that um, it just, it, it colored kind of every single one of my experiences and like failing as an overweight kid uh, was different, at least from what I saw than failing as, you know, a kid who wasn't struggling with something like that. And what I mean is like, you know, high school, like middle school and grade school, you would have to do those fitness tests all the time. I like my scores were awful because I was out of shape and overweight, but not only were they like awful, but like people were kind of like waiting for you to go. And there was like this sense that everybody's watching you and it, there was just this extra layer of embarrassment. Do you think that's true or do you think you, or, or is it just more self-conscious or a combination? Combination. I think I was more, yeah. I, I was more tuned into it, but at the same time, kids can be cruel. Um, I yeah. think at that age, they don't necessarily have the like uh, emotional maturity that you yeah. hope comes with experience. But so that, that was difficult and it got to the point where like, you know, it would be the pull-up test and by a certain point I, I would stop trying even because it was like, everyone expected me to fail. Um, you felt like the teachers even expected you to fail. So you get up, you put your hands on the bar, you drop down immediately, right. you know, you're not getting a pull-up. Um, and so that was difficult. And I think it kind of, uh, mm. allow this mindset to develop within me of like, there's just certain things that I can't do. Mm. And then in the weight room, um, you know, at first it was like that mindset carried with me to my first experience into the weight room. It was like, Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. So I'm going to try and avoid it as mm -hmm. opposed to, and then thankfully, uh, through good coaching and the support of teammates and just a really positive atmosphere, um, that mindset, started to shift a little bit. Number one, because when you're in a, a environment like that, like, uh, especially a supportive one, like there's no, you can't go anywhere. Really. You're yeah. like, you, you can't say, I'm not going to do this exercise because I don't want to, because I can't do it. Um, you know, you're part of a team and you want to be part of that team. And so you're going to do what your teammates are doing. Uh, and then the other thing was just that like over time, I started to recognize, so I started to buy into it because I think I had welcoming teammates. I had welcoming coaches that made it known like, you know, who kind of, who cares where you're at right now? Cause that's mm -hmm. not what we're concerned with. What we're concerned with is where are you in a month? Where are you in two months, three months? And so when I started to really buy into that mindset, it started to be like those little, like, uh, like kind of milestones along the way. I couldn't do a pull-up before. So maybe you start with lat pull-down, for example, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then you're doing pull-ups with a band. It's yeah. like, oh, okay. Like I'm pulling my body weight yeah. up, but like, yeah, right. it's, like yeah. I'm getting assistance, whatever. And then over time, and then it gets better and better and better and better. And you start to like build that confidence. And that was something that was so important for me because yeah. I hadn't had examples of that in my life otherwise. Um, and it's through no fault of anyone in my life. Uh, and I would even not necessarily blame myself because I was a kid, but like, if I didn't have that experience, I don't know where I would have developed that mindset mm -hmm. of like, sometimes like you may not be good at something and it might be like, uh, there might be like embarrassment or a, a not good feeling associated with not being able to do something, but with time and with effort and consistency, you can get there. Yeah. You'll be able to get there. And it's dependent on you showing up every day, doing the things that you need to do 
and taking care of the things you need to take care of outside of there. And so that lesson learned in the weight room was so valuable to me. And, uh, you know, very few places in the world are as binary as the relationship of what happens in the weight room. Uh, there's so few places where, like, look, the truth is that there are certain things in life that you are going to show up and work your butt off and do every single day. And you may not achieve the outcomes that you want, but the weight room is not one of those places. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that everybody's going to be able to squat a thousand pounds, right? right? Yeah. But you will get stronger if you show up every day and you do the things that you need to do. And I, I will put a stamp on that and say like confidently across the board, I've worked with enough athletes now where it's like, I have yet to have an athlete who comes into the weight room every day that they're scheduled, does what they need to do, gives their best effort and doesn't get stronger. It just doesn't happen. And there's so few places where that's the truth. Physically and mentally, right? It, yeah. Or at least it's not as clean as that. It's like certainly it's not. Yeah. Certainly not as clean. And it's something that I, I use with my athletes now. I'd say that I, the reason I chose pull-ups for my example is because that's one of the biggest things now, especially with my female athletes. The amount of times that they have pull-ups on the program and it starts with, I can't do a pull-up, mm -hmm. is like, I, I mean, it's almost 100% at least one of the people in the group is going to say that. And I will always call them out on it, obviously in like a safer way, in like a friendlier yeah. way. Um, but I'll say to them, yes, you can. I don't care if I have to put 10 bands on that bar, you're going to do a pull-up. Now, is it the way that you think of initially? Maybe not, but guess what? You're going to do a pull-up today and I make them do a pull-up. And then once they have that confidence and I say, okay, and here's the goal over time, we take a band off or we go down a band, a thinner band, thinner band. And like, again, every single time with those athletes who continue to show up and put that work in, like I have girls now who are just crushing pull-ups yeah. who day one, it was like, I can't do a pull. I can't do a pull. And so one of the lessons I say to my athletes all the time is don't tell me I can't. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear I can't because if you say I can't, you have kind of sealed your fate. You may not be able to right now, but that doesn't mean you can't. I, I agree with that more than you could ever know. And I think it's a lot, in a lot of ways at the heart of this beyond strength movement. So one of the ways that we think of strength conditioning is always movement first. We don't think of weightlifting as moving weights or lifting weights. We think of it as moving well and then progressively making those movements more difficult through external loads, through uh, speed. Uh, resistance, all those things. So like you say, Alex, um, you think about looking, so what is a pull-up? Like, isn't it just this? You know what I mean? If you think of the movement pattern of the vertical pull, like everyone can do that. It, like you say, if you have to put 10 bands on for that to happen, then so be it. But of course you can do that. So it's this kind of interesting, almost teasing uh, thing at a fundamental level. It's like, no, you can do a pull-up for sure. You may not be able to do it with all the resistance of your body weight as it currently stands, but that's not what we're asking you to do. And I think of, you know this pack, Matt Cassidy. Yeah. Um, currently playing offensive line in the NFL. Right. Fantastic athlete. Like even at his stature, six, seven, whatever, he was one of the better basketball players on the team, on the football team back in the day. So um, he would, I loved watching it. We have this massive offensive lineman about to go on to a very successful uh, collegiate and pro career being supported literally physically by sometimes three of his teammates at a time, pushing him up there, getting the pull-ups in. But it's like, but of course you can do it. You can do it. 
And then you do. And man, is that that empowerment. And if you think about it in other areas, like you say, Alex, it, it's just so quantifiable. Can you, uh, you, can you squat? The answer is, is yes, unless there's some sort of mechanical concern, an injury of some kind. Of course you can squat. Can you squat 100 pounds a day and then 105 pounds in a week and, and you know, so on? Uh, what I think we're all kind of identifying with is this quantifiable, progressive nature of strength and conditioning that you can, if you're in the right setting, highlight as a coach um, and remind them that, and I'm looking at you right behind that camera, Alex, that, um, that whatever growth you see, you made that happen, right? That was you. You can get support, you can get motivation, you can get a pro, you can get all of these things, but ultimately it's going to be in your hands. And if you get a positive outcome, you earned it. It's yours. All right, Packman, what do you think? I know Alex just spent some time talking about confidence and some insecurities he faced growing up. And I'm telling you right now, confidence in my life did not exist probably all throughout my childhood. Hmm. And I mean that. I think confidence definitely, having played football, did not develop on a football field. I know it developed in a weight room, and I know there was a moment that stuck out to me um, where it kind of hit me. I'm like, all right, I'm finally feeling this thing people say like they feel and that's being confident they're feeling confident um to me growing up fairly similar to alex and we all had our different paths and insecurities and stuff like that but extremely overweight all the time i knew that eyes were on me at all times as mo i think a lot of people who have been overweight or, or, or still are go through these things um first day of football practice for me um, was spent thinking more about how i look and what i'm wearing as opposed to what i'm going to be doing today it was spent more the week before that was going to find a helmet that could fit me because Dix was only carrying like medium helmets because that's what kids at the age of nine and 10 were wearing. I'm looking for an XL, my pants, double XL in fifth, sixth grade. We couldn't find any, so we're ordering some online, right? So I knew that things like that were happening. Where am I gonna find confidence in this moment right now? I'm not confident about anything. What am I confident about? Nothing. Um, other than like the dinner I might have tonight when I get back home from practice or whatever. I don't mean to challenge you. You were loved the whole time. Though. I was, was that definitely. You had a great. I'm you had a great wasn't loved. My yeah. parents loved me. Uh, my friends loved me. Yeah. But I knew that eyes were on me, whether that was in school, going to see other family members, friends, whatever it might be, football practice especially. Um, that's where confidence. I wish I had it at that time. Mm -hmm. That was all before the weight room. And let me be a little bit more specific. This was. Um, you know, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Again, I really was the last guy in everything, in yeah. absolutely everything. Um, but when, then when we went over transition to the high school level, I'll, I'll just jump right into into a weight room. I finally had this feeling that like people wanted more and the best out of me because they knew they needed a part of me and everybody else to bring that to the table to have a successful season in this case. Um, if, I knew that if I was struggling, I'll say right now, pull-ups were huge. I it was like, I'm terrified, dude. Right. I don't want to see a pull-up. I don't want to see a pull-up on board. Um, but if that's what the expectation was from an athlete, and I knew I had to do them, and I always shied away from them, and I was called out once. I was called out by an older teammate um, at the time, and he said, you better get your big ass up there. Like yeah. just said, Who was it? Get your big ass up there. We can shout him out. Uh, Tom, Tom Mentz. Mentz. Yeah. Mentz is a great guy. get your big ass up there. I'm like, no, it's okay. I already did. I'm like, no, you did. He's like, no, you did not do it. Like, no way you did 50 pull-ups. You're right. I didn't. You know, and I, of course, I went up there with the bands, like Alex said, mm -hmm. also already with the bands. And I still couldn't do one with the band. 
you know, I jumped up like I can't. He's like, no, you can't. Bam, and then he came behind me. And I know he's pushing a lot of weight. I'm talking like 315, 320 pounds at the age of 16. Yeah. Literally 16, 17 years old. Next day I know I'm feeling a bunch of hands on my back trying to get me up there. Yeah. You know? Okay, it's kind of like the Cassie story we were just and, talking about. And here's the next thing. Yeah. Here's the best part about this. It's like eyes weren't on me because I was being I was being made fun of. Eyes weren't on me because it was a joke. Eyes were on me is because here is like the support this guy needs to be able to do something. Mm-hmm. Right? And all of a sudden I'm hearing one, two, right? Three. And it was like this rush of energy, like this moment where I was like, is this what it feels like? When I got down, people were clapping and I could see like a coach looking at me from the corner. And that's something I'll never forget ever. You know, eyes on me for the first time in a really long time. Not because, you know, I was being picked at or made fun of, whatever that happens, right? Yeah. But more so because they wanted me to do that because they also knew I should do it and need to do it because I'm part of a team Mm -hmm. at this point. So that's why in a weight room setting, again, I I, got to say this, in a weight room setting, I was able to be myself. I was able to be an overweight kid, a big guy, do certain things, but receive the support from other people um, around me because we had to bring that together to make it work. We were asked what our goals are like three months ahead. What do we want to do? We want to win a a conference championship. We want to go undefeated. We want to go to a state, you know, state championship game. And to do those things, like I can't shy away from 50 pull-ups. I got to make it happen. And for, in order to make it happen, I might need that support. That's that. What a good metaphor. You know what I mean? You like, like that moment in particular, I feel like, first of all, I was probably there for that moment. So I'm excited sure. about it. But the, uh, but the, like everything you said maps on to all the things that are, I think, so valuable um, in, in all of these experiences. Like the, you confronting the thing that you were sort of shying away from. Find, and, and that alone is like really valuable. You found a way to confront it that was like you found an entry point that was supportive, that wasn't quite as scary. Meaning, and it came in the form of team accountability. It wasn't like, hey, you know, and of course this is cruel and, and no one would probably ever said this, but this might have been going through your, your head, you know, the self talk. Hey, chubby kid, mm-hmm. let's see you do a pull up. Yeah. It wasn't that. It was Tom Mentz, your boy, like yeah. your guy that you're going to go to battle with saying, hey, this is something we said we were going to do together. Let's do it. Yeah. You want some support? I got you. Mm-hmm. It's just a different entry point to that place that, that doesn't present itself in other areas of certainly not of the high school experience, but maybe not many other areas of the world. And I'm telling I'm you, like, so whenever we think through this, I, I get so excited about the potential of the space. I think, first of all, I think strength and conditioning, especially at the high school level, is about to see a major boom. Like, I think it is going to skyrocket. I think, I think strength and conditioning, as it should. I, as it as should. It should though. And in part, as it should, in part because people are hearing stories like this. They're recognizing it more. They understand that it's not just, is there a performance enhancing benefit? 100%, that's not up for negotiation. Yes, you will get bigger, faster, stronger, safer, uh, all these things. So that's on the physical side. You'll also become more empowered. You'll also spend a ton of time communicating with your teammates, all this kind of amazing uh, behind the scenes stuff that we all know is the glue to successful athletic experiences. All of that's happening. And then you go to the next level and it's like the social emotional learning, the opportunity to empower young people, 
all the real like sort of scrape the corners of education, all these really valuable nuggets that transfer to life in meaningful ways, that's all happening there too. When people, athletic directors, coaches, all the above, start to hear about it happening in other places, it's getting to the point where you can't turn your back on it anymore. Like before it was like, wouldn't that be nice if we had a strength and conditioning coordinator? And now it's like, oh man, we might, in, in a few years, we might be the only one in our conference who doesn't. Right. You know, that's where this is leaning and that's exciting to me. So I don't even know if we spend a lot of time as a coach. You know, we, we had planned to talk about I coaching. I love to tell so okay, I, I just want to jump into yeah. the coaching thing now. Tell me. Um, now I see myself at a point in my life where yes, I still re- very much so enjoy watching um, kids do things that we kind of expect them to do in, in a way. So let me... Like, yeah, we're here. Tell me a picture here. So, if somebody we're asking, let's just let's just stick with pull-ups in this case, and pull-ups. we're asking yeah, yeah. pull-ups are great. If we're asking somebody to step up, you know, let's we create a circle. We've done this sometimes. Like jump up here, let's go. You got twenty pull-ups. Everybody's gonna do twenty pull-ups. I love how excited we get for them for that mm-hmm. kid that's up there. Mm-hmm. But what's even more exciting to me at times is like looking over my shoulder and seeing who's like walking backwards. Right? Does that make what do you sense? mean? No, walking so backwards. You're going up there like. Coach Davis, we know you're going to get 20 pull-ups. Mm-hmm. Everybody's cheering for you. But then the, the next kid who knows he has to go, like you kind of scan the crowd oh, a little you bit. you find the kid that's avoiding it. And I'm yeah. finding who's yeah. avoiding mm-hmm. it because I knew that would have been me. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to find a Pac-Man in the crowd right now. You know, and I'm like, uh-oh, they're stepping back. How do I make this interesting for them? How do we make right. this happen? You know, I start to small, like start talking with them a little bit. Believe me, you got this. You can do it. Let's go grab a band. Who cares? I didn't want the band this morning. Or just something on the lines of that. That's where I like, that's great, but here's what's even greater. Like we got to get him or, or, or her to be able to do this too. If you're going to be a part of our program. Yeah. Okay. So that's what, and that'll be without, I kind of like having this, this episode of the podcast be more focused on our athletic experiences because it just shows that we all sort of do have an intimate understanding from the inside out. Um, We have thousands of stories we could tell from the coaching perspective, but that one that sort of nugget right there really makes sense to me because of your inside out understanding of the role of strength and conditioning as a learning platform. You're able to scan the crowd and really know what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Body, body language is huge. Body language is huge. And you're not always looking for the kid who's the first to jump up and they know they can crank yeah. 20 out. Um, and everybody in the weight room knows them. Right. right. They and know the they're is, a starter. Then it, right. And, and let me also say this though, we, we had this conversation um, earlier today when we, before we started recording, but like, it's all about picking and choosing. It's not like you always pick the kid who's backing up and you never call on the one who's up front. Of course. Like, yeah, you highlight the kid's strengths. He's worked hard, give it to him. Also, don't forget about the kid that's moving back. because And like you say, you talk about some of the cohesion that, that can happen over the course of an off season. If you find, if you find that success, for that kid and create opportunities for him or her to, to be successful, like in your case, that can glue the whole freaking team together. Meaning I'm thinking to you, Pac-Man, okay? We love him. He's he's trying to yeah. ditch this. Like he's yeah. trying to shy away. If we can get him up there and get all 315 pounds of him doing right. push-ups and it's got bands and Mensa's behind him. Yeah. And the, like you said, the whole team is counting out. We as a team are making this happen. And they're, and then they celebrate you and your efforts. Like that's 
that's bonding in a really meaningful way. And then we talk about how important consistency is. Yeah. And there's moments like these that not a lot of times we think about. That's the reason why that person comes back again. Yes. Right. And right. We talk about somebody. You, know, you see the kid on Monday. Walking backwards. Right. I might have seen her for the first time and I might not see them ever again just yeah. because of this one movement. The thing that they might have gone to bed thinking about, I don't want to do pull-ups tomorrow. I don't want to sprint tomorrow. I don't want to jog. I don't want to do cardio. You know, just some things like that. Yeah. And you, we, we, we as coaches now, of course, scan, observe, read um, before asking anybody to do anything. And you need to feel it out. We need mm -hmm. to feel it out and identify who might need some of that extra support and who can we sort of like turn our back on confidently. Like, yeah, they're going to get 20 pull-ups, no problem. They still need our support. Right, we're supposed to say great job. Every, that. All the kids here need support, but it's just a different kind of support to get them to that level. It is. It and which okay, so this brings us all back to the start in kind of because, like I said at the beginning, like growth is the outcome, right? right. And that that applies to the kid who can already do twenty pull ups, and the kid who can't do one in in his mind, he thinks to save his life. You know, it applies to every single kid, and that's another sort of beautiful thing about the weight room is it's. It, it doesn't, it doesn't pick the starters. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter. It, it, the value system is just so entirely different. I don't care who throws passes, catches passes, uh, scores points, doesn't score points, like who's making tackles, who's not, like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Every kid is going to do this well and get better and grow from it. Anyway. Okay. So we, we wanted to keep this relatively short. So here's my transition. Uh, I do believe that, that, Strength and conditioning is the high school level uh, in a similar place that film study was probably 20 years ago or so. Meaning people are doing it, we could be doing it better, uh, and, and in my opinion, it's about to evolve. I do think it will be standard in a lot of high schools to have a full-time strength and conditioning coordinator. Someone who can be a conduit between the athletic department and uh, the physical education department, someone who can sort of uh, work through the logistics mm -hmm. of space and equipment and, and all these different things. A local expert. I think that's coming. One of the things that we've uh, decided to do as a project is support people in those efforts. So we've got this, you know, we've had Beyond Strength as an initiative going on for a long time. Uh, we're now evolving it to um, essentially partner. We are partnering with schools and we are supporting in a variety of ways through, from a strength and conditioning perspective. All right, so we're starting this Beyond Strength initiative to partner with schools and support the good work you as a listener, coach, parent, athletic director, whoever you wanna pass this along to. We support the good work that you are already doing by helping you incorporate strength and conditioning into your current athletic environment. We have a three-step method. We will provide support, professional development and programming to improve performance, reduce injury, and teach SEL or social emotional learning skills. And this is a big one. Importantly, we unify athletics and physical education to reduce frustration and improve student outcomes. Anyone who's in the thick of things knows those are really um, important uh, ideas and sometimes challenging hurdles to jump. So that's what we're helping people out with. Uh, I, I highly encourage anyone listening to this to reach out to us directly, contact us. We've got a contact us page on the website. Also Instagram and Twitter, um, Instagram at Good Athlete Project, Twitter at Coach, the number four kindness. That's Coach for Kindness. And yeah, reach out to us. We'll help you do this in your place. And like we've said, I told you this already, Pac, but like 
our goal is to partner with teams uh, and organizations and schools, partner with them on this, but only for a short amount of time. We want to partner with schools for no more than a few years because one of the levels of support that we give is creating presentations that a school can take to their board of education mm -hmm. and ultimately get a position passed in their school. So what are we? We're the, we're the, carry, we're the ones who are going to help you get from where you are now to where you want to be, which is housing and owning every bit of this yourself. But in my opinion, you don't wait for it to happen. You don't wait for the board of education to approve a new position in the school. You uh, do it on your own. We'll help you do that. We'll show you how to do that. Provide all the coach education you need, all the programming that you might need, and we'll help you collect data on campus to show the board of education that what you're doing works. So highly encourage people to reach out to us. We also, I mean, based on when this is going to be, this podcast is going to be published, I may as well also say that um, we're hosting our character by design workshops again. Um, great to do these at the front end of a season. Um, fall is coming up. So if you want to do them before fall, again, same methods, just reach out to us. We'll do everything that we can to help you maximize the potential of athletics as education. Any closing words from the big man? No, I just want to say thank you again for having me on another episode of this podcast. You know, I always feel like we have these great ideas that we want to share with people, and this gives us the opportunity to do that. Agree. It gives me an opportunity to speak and share my story a little bit more. And hopefully somebody hears this and change somebody's life in some sort of way. Dude, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. And I'll shout out to the, to the listener. If that's true for you, reach out to us. We love to hear from you. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Share it with a friend like you just said, Pat. Yep. You never know who who it might dramatically affect on a given day. It might be exactly what someone needs to hear. So uh, that's it for today. Hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks for having me, Coach. Do you need business cards? Do you need flyers, posters, custom thank you notes, or any sort of stationery to take your business to the next level? If so, then you've got to see the good people at Mighty Printing. They've got two locations. One of them's up north in Glencoe, Illinois. The other is right in the heart of Chicago on 180 West Washington Street. They do most of the printing for the Good Athlete Project, and we just could not do our business without them. They've also worked with teams like the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. They've worked with Let Us Entertain You Restaurant Group. They do holiday cards. They do wedding cards. They help you. They help you not only celebrate special occasions, but make them that much more special. And like I said, if you are a small business owner or a large business owner, they will give you the sort of personalized service combined with incredibly high quality goods. You just can't find that combo, honestly, anywhere else. Find them online at mightyprint.com. That's M-I-T-E print, P-R-I-N-T.com. And on Instagram, same thing, at mightyprint, M-I-T-E print. And tell them the Good Athlete Project sent you.